Before we get started with today's podcast, we'd like to ask returning listeners to leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really enjoy it, share a link to this podcast with friends or family who would enjoy hearing our weekly discussions about basketball and basketball culture. Now, on to the show. Yeah, this is amazing. When Michigan can keep this game to a 19-foot, 9-inch game, inside that three-point line, it's all there. Welcome to the 19.9 podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about the top 50 teams in NCAA history. This coincides with 19.9's Hardwood Heaven and Slam's recent release of the amazing magazine about the top 50 teams. We're going to dig further into how the teams were selected and look at how Slam laid out the the magazine. But let's uh, get to Josh right away. And we're going to start talking about the cover because the cover has become something that is so critical to Slam. Like that's such a coveted piece of real estate. And I want to start there, Josh, just uh, talking a little bit about how that all came together. You got it over your shoulder there. So it's nice that we can even see it. You like that camera position. (laughs) Might've thought that out. Look at this. I even got my, I got a old Slam uh, over my shoulder for everybody. (laughs) <laughs> nice yeah nice Doug the, sh- the shack uh, on yeah the, the the cover came together the 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 first part of the cover was um we had done the our we not we slam had done the top 100 greatest college players of all time issue um a little bit like two years ago so it was kind of trying to differentiate between the two and um how we could best do that and it was actually prc peter robert casey's idea to uh try to make it uh, salem style um so those of you that are 90s kids remember growing up in the 80s and 90s with salem t-shirts that did the character shirts and uh all of that of larry bird and jordan and all that and making this more cartoonish <laughs> um but with a salem feel to it and so then it became like who do we, who do we want to pick who wants who belongs on the cover um sprinkling in some of the greatest women players to go along with that which have been dope uh my argument was for coaches and stuff mm. too so like the original concept was to just blow it out and have hundreds of, <laughs> of these uh players and coaches like a where's waldo <laughs> exactly yeah. and then like i was gonna see if the artist could like squeeze my face in between <laughs> two people or something and just see if people caught it. Um, but, but we were going to have like a chair thrown, being thrown through the air, the pay heed Kansas banner uh, up in, in there. Some of the uh, Tark obviously chewing on the towel, John Thompson with the towel over his shoulder. We coach K fab five huddled together in that famous iconic pick of them huddled together. You know, that was like the real, the real brainstorm of it. And then it became a budget thing of, yeah, if you have a hundred people on that cover, you also have to pay the artists to draw 100 people um, and all that stuff too. And then in, like we originally wanted a fold out cover too. So the, I was going to ask uh, you about that. That sounds like, that sounds like a huge like poster that, that I could hang somewhere that I'd be able to look through. Do you, you know how much I like posters. Um, so obviously we wanted to like fold that cover out and then make it like bigger and longer and, and have include all things, college basketball mascots and everything. Uh, but the way that it turned out was super dope and we're really happy with it. So how did you go about selecting the artist? Because I know there was, I, I at least heard of like a part of 
the the talk about that, like the style. Where did the so what style did you have those teacher t shirts growing up, or uh, who had that the idea for to do the caricatures instead? Because when you did the top fifty, or when Slam did the top fifty players of all time, they used pretty you know photorealistic or kind of a maybe a filtered picture for for them. So why the cartoons instead? Yeah, that was that was PRC's idea again. Um, he was the one that kind of came up with it, and then we all kind of rifted on it and and started going, and then uh editor at slam uh chief editor at slam adam figman great dude by the way shout out to adam uh he was like yeah let me track down some of salem's old people to see if we can get the ball rolling and maybe we can get actually somebody from salem to do it um i wasn't a part of that process obviously uh i was just on the emails that were that were going back and forth keeping us up to date on on uh who said yes and who said no to actually drawing it and i uh, they eventually settled with somebody who was uh or not settled for they they got somebody who was um a part of salem like younger growing up i i believe that ended up That's coming cool. through and, and doing the cover work well, and stuff i hope so. it ends up on a t-shirt i got the five star on right now I, I, i'd love to i know slam does a lot of the covers on there i think that one makes a perfect one to just wear around and uh, to, to talk about speaking of talking that's been, that's been talks in the back channel a lot of licensing on yeah, that shirt. I bet. a lot, lot, lot of licensing <laughs> I bet. jordan alone jordan alone <laughs> yeah that's, that's a nightmare to go to to not uh now i mean DTG, you could print them and sell them out the back door. Oh, yeah, but, I already, uh, I already have that one. I just don't have that on there. Be, <laughs> yeah, from a licensing standpoint, it's gonna be pretty tough. I love it. Okay, so let's get into let's get into the top the top fifty here. I got to ask you first, like, where did you where did you start on on this? Like, because we've watched some old games now, and they're not all readily available, and you're pulling from teams that are not just like the last 20 years or 30 you're, you're going back to like the 50s 60s you know stuff where they might not even have a tv recording of it anywhere yeah i, th- I think that we made a decision without saying we made a decision to kind of start around 59 60 i think so i think we cut out the 40s teams um, and it was definitely like mid fifties, maybe 57 Kansas or Carolina or somebody like that gets on there. And then you're obviously your, your San Francisco teams are some of the earliest teams that are on there too, but you have to make, um, you, you have to make that concession, uh, um, a little bit just because of lack of resources out there. And then the people that are compiling the list weren't even alive. Right. Uh, so as far as like, where did the list started? The, the list started with Gary Barnett, my dad, he, he's the <laughs> one that put together the original list. Um, and I've told this on the pod with him before, but he, he came, he brought down a binder. He researched the shit for like three months and then brought down a binder of every team that was ranked. And then like he went, uh, and compared his list to ESPN rankings and wrote down all the rankings that ESPN had. And then there was another ranking that uh, another group had, and he had those. So you could compare his list to where ESPN ranked them to where another uh, outlet ranked them. Um, and then he had a page for every single team that he wrote that had stats and had breakdowns of games and important moments in their title runs and things like that so i i gave it back to him because he needed to study for the pod that i did with him uh over this um but i will keep that and uh keep that for all time because it was hilarious when he delivered it down here and uh we were all kind of laughing like Dad, it would have been really nice if you would have put this on a computer. Where I could just copy and paste and <laughs> no, you can't. You're not That's scanning that. Little dad move, man. Not control F uh, to find uh, information in there. You have to actually read it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That's old school, man. I listened to that that podcast, and uh, you know, in in my question, I, I put, "Did you look through some microfiche?" But I'm almost guaranteeing that he went to a library, and was like scanning some microfiche or something like that. Big library guy. Lots of library cards he has for the city around here. Yes, he he is a library man. <laughs> Okay, so so the answer then, did you consult with anyone on your list is obviously yes, but are you talking to anybody else when you're coming when you're coming up with this? And then where did you start? So you got this binder from him, but how do you start compiling your list? Cuz I'm sure he has ideas or maybe even ranked him himself. But, you know, you got to put it through your lens too, just what you've seen in basketball, what you know about basketball kind of now. And you, you almost have to think like going forward when you put something like this out into the world, you want it to not be like, oh, it's going to change next year. It's kind of like uh, the GOAT debate. Like, you know, Jordan, you could maybe start to argue about LeBron. But, I mean, if you're staying Jordan, it's going to take a, a, a long time before anybody's like, that's a silly answer, you know. Yeah, probably every – 10 to 15 years you could do a revamp of it yeah um but yeah I, so we took his list the one the one thing with my dad's list was he only ranked national champions because that was the criteria that i right. gave him um and then as we talked with dennis page and prc at slam we figured and we wanted to open it up to everybody because there were some great teams that didn't win a national championship um and so it was very hard to leave uh, to come out with the top 50 teams of all time and not have at least one Pi Slamma Jamma team on there or not have UNLV 91, who I think is shit done better of, than UNLV 90, um, not on the list, uh, you know, one or the other. So, like, how do you rank 90 but not rank 91, even though 90 is the one that won the national championship, but they lost, like, seven games that year, whereas the 91 team was dominant through the whole – the whole uh, year and then slipped up against Duke and, and lost in a um, lost in a heartbreaker, a, a tight game, one point game, two point game, whatever it was. And then, you know, then you look at that team that they lost to in Duke and they're in like the top 10 of the greatest teams of all time um, when they came back in 92 and they were all a year older. So like it wasn't that they got upset by a George Mason run type team. They got beat right. by one of the greatest teams, eventually one of the greatest teams of all time. Um, so we had to start sprinkling back in Georgetown 85, UNLV 91. Um, and that got really tricky too, because then again, Georgetown's the four, but we all agreed that they were better in 85. So we right. ranked the 85 team and not the 84 team. I think that's actually um, interesting. So it, like, that's a different take on all, the list. Like, yeah, it was a different take on the on the right. list. I think that really it, makes it more dynamic. All... Yeah, and you almost have to say it in the writing. Um, you almost have to say this is almost like a double entry uh, to an extent, you know. Um, and then, like, Pi Slam and Jamma maybe has one of the best dynasties of college basketball history if they're able to win two of the three that they get to. And they they lose them, you know what I mean? And so it's like, well, do you leave them completely off the list because they weren't able to win the final game of each of those seasons? Um, you know, they need to be recognized. So uh, it, it 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 came down to um, it came down to uh, how great were these teams as a whole, and um, not putting an emphasis on them winning the national championship, but at the same time also putting an emphasis on 
the teams that won a national championship. So I couldn't rank any team that didn't win a national championship inside my top 10. Uh, my dad didn't have them ranked anywhere because that wasn't the criteria I gave him. And then we had to uh, have DP come up with his list and PRC come up with his list. And then we just blended them all together on a, on a spreadsheet to see where the averages kind of shook out to. I love it. So th- with that in mind, what was your, what was the toughest call? Was it number one? Cause I know who your number one is. I've got a little behind the scenes of the spreadsheet. Um, but, uh, I, I was just kind of curious where, where your toughest picks were. Like, that seems like maybe that was a, a no brainer for you. Um, but maybe, maybe not. I don't know. What was your toughest pick? I, the toughest picks are definitely not anywhere in the top 25 probably i don't think because you can sit there and argue the little details of that all day you just take the you 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 take the average of what they were ranked by the three of us and the chips fall where they may on that and everybody gets the respect i think from 26 to 50 is where it gets really (laughs) dicey um and especially when you're trying to rank the last four teams and then you start to realize some of the teams that you left off um, and where they rank. And so what we did was we created a um, top 50 plus another 14 that were um, ranked at the end of it so we could put together a bracket that SB Nation's going to be rolling out at some point. Maybe they already have. I haven't seen it yet. But uh, they might be rolling it out for the Final Four or, or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's where it gets really, really dicey. And then you have the slam factor, too. So, you know, Slam is in the business of selling magazines. So there's there's going to be some rankings that um, are put in there. There's going to be some teams that are put in there uh, maybe a little bit higher than they should have or maybe plugged in there because it's the it's the Slam generation teams. And we we love those teams. That's me, too. And we love those teams so much. It was hard to not include them, you know. So, so maybe it was wise to have uh, Gary doing some rankings for you, but I'm curious when you were coming up with your list, then how much did style of play uh, factor in? Cause it is like that. That's such that weird thing. Like if I watch, you know, the, the classic is like, Bob, I watch a Bob Cousy video and I'm, you know, and I'm like, hold on, that guy couldn't dribble with both hands. How am I going to rank him in the top 50 players of all time? You know, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem right, but you know, everyone is, uh, uh, bound to their era and they, they were dealing with the circumstances that, you know, were in front, were in front of them. So you also can't discount those teams. So I'm just curious how you, how you dealt with that, uh, that kind of never ending wormhole of a, of a, of a problem. You, you cannot compare eras period. Like it's impossible. You just can't do it. So you have to look at like you have to look at the teams and how dominant they were in their era. If nineteen fifty seven North Carolina went thirty three and zero and beat everybody in their time frame by twenty five points, I, I just made all that up. But for for uh, analogy's sake, then you know that they were dominant for their time. They beat everybody that was in front of them. It's not their fault that they were born in college age in 1957 where the game had only evolved to a certain point. Um, you know, and, and it's not to say that those teams wouldn't be great if they were developed in this era too. It's just, you just can't do that. Uh, so you really have to look at, at the years that they, the year that they had that you're looking at and ranking them, uh, how dominant they were up against what they were. And then you just have to take it, uh, you have to take it out of, 
okay, well, let's put them up against 19, um, 1976 Indiana. Well, 1976 Indiana is probably going to beat the shit out of them, <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? That, that doesn't, that doesn't matter um, because they were dominant for their time. So um, it, it's really, really, really hard. You can take anybody from this modern era and put them back in the thirties, forties, fifties and sixties. And they're going to win a lot of games just because the game has evolved so much, but you, you have to set that aside. That, I think that conversation and that debate is for, completely different animal than what this top 50 magazine was. Okay. So you, you have that, but then how do you, how much do you put coaches in into it? Cause again, this is that other part of it where you, you can't, you can, and you can't see it on the floor, right? Obviously the, the best teams ever have like wooden Knight, Dean's, you know, all these great coaches, but do you, are you factoring that in when you're ranking your teams? Like, okay, if this this UCLA team was going against this NC State team, I think the advantage goes to Wooden. Or do you, did you even like get that deep into it? I didn't really get that deep into it because the coaches shined on how many teams they had that were up for discussion. So you have Bob Knight and he has three teams up for discussion. You have Roy Williams and, and his four, three, four, whatever it is. Um, and you have uh, obviously UCLA is the the hardest one because there's ten of them, um, and and trying to rank like okay was this this Lou Alcindor team UCLA team better than the Lou Alcindor team the next year who also went undefeated and beat the shit out of everybody, um, you know and, and and you have to like you can't have a top ten that's just all UCLA teams even if you believe that to be true it just is not good for for print mag uh mm-hmm. and for um for talking back and forth i do think the 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 place where coaches come into play is in the bracket i think that's really fun and i think we're going to do some pods uh more pods with um the bracket and breaking down the matchups of the all-time bracket too the SB nation's going to do and i think that's where it's really fun where you're like okay I don't know how to compare these two teams, but I'm going to give the edge to Bob Knight over X coach, or I'm going to give the nod here to uh, Jim Valvano or coach K or whoever the case may be that you're, you're going up against. Um, You're going to say that's when you can really get in the weeds and get into the X's and O's of it and say, like, I like this, this coach, the the talent's about equal, but I like this coach a little bit better. I, lo- I love that there, there was one, I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but flipping through, there was one on the girls, uh, uh, top fifties that someone just put Yukon every time and not that it's a wrong, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. not that it's even a wrong answer, but it's just like, uh, like you said, it's a little, a little anticlimactic. If you just put all UCLA, <laughs> just, ch- just chalk. Yeah, UCLA. that was funny. It was, it it was a lot of fun looking at the guest pickers. Yeah. Uh, so Slam did a bunch of guest pickers where they came in and ranked their top tens. Um, and I wish that we could have all been a part of conversations with them too. I know. Because a lot of people ranked like 90. The, the thing I was using earlier, they ranked 90 UNLV, but not 91 UNLV. Um, and and it's, it's that being skewed off of that national championship blowout. Um, and so, like, it's just funny how that, how that, uh, how that whole thing kind of plays out, but it was a lot of fun looking at, 
at uh the guest pickers and in, in who they were were taking and stuff because I I compare that to our list too to see if we were off anywhere and if we missed because you don't you can miss anywhere outside of the top twenty five and you know you're okay with that because people have their opinions and stuff but the top ten has to be pretty tight like the top ten has to be pretty well known and so as I was comparing our list up against the guest pickers list I felt pretty good about where we where we uh shook out yeah they had some heavy hitters that they that they brought in too to for those rankings that's that's neat to be able to get those guys because they you know you're a lot of them like Gottlieb are living and breathing it every day and just you know have been in it for a long time Billis is in there so I think that's pretty pretty great to see that Gottlieb actually forgot to do it did he (laughs) never mind then when he comes on here we're gonna have to get it get his top dead that's right. I think you told me that. That's why he's stuck in my head. So right. we'll, get, about that. We'll, get him. we'll try to get him on the pod so yeah. he can get his top <laughs> That's great. That's great. Okay. So uh, I had a question kind of outside of basketball. Did any of that factor in? Because it's, a, again, a weird thing, but these teams are so iconic that they do end up making a cultural impact as well. You talk about UNLV or the Fab Five. Um, they end up going beyond basketball. So I was curious if that, that any of that came into your thinking when it, when it comes to these teams or how you would factor that in. Because, you know, when you're thinking about the Hall of Fame or anything, part of what matters, like Michael Jordan, is that is like cultural impact. And you can't measure it on the court, but uh, if you're going to have a list that lasts, you have to have some of that factored in there somehow. Yeah, and, and – uh, we talked a lot about that. It was really hard to to take that out of um, take that out of the rankings completely. Um, they did put an insert in that was called "One Shining Moment," uh, and it was just kind of like iconic moments in NCAA history, which captures some of that. So Texas Western, which is UTEP now yeah. winning in '66. Uh, um, all black starting five and that type of stuff and fab five and the Leitner shot and just certain moments of, um, that was put in there, but I was really happy with where some of those teams were ranked too. Um, and how much of that was just like sentimental and knowing that there was a changing of the guard or that they changed the game or they had a cultural influence, uh, on the game that went way beyond like what they did on the, on the hardwood, even though some of those teams won it all. Um, you, you know, it's impossible to say that it didn't have an effect, but I love that. I love that they weren't placed in there just based off of that, because we had another section that we could acknowledge those teams in. So wherever those teams were that were ranked, um, in there is because they deserved it. Not that we were trying to get in there from a cultural perspective of, um, you know, we need to throw this in because it was a great story. We already had a spot for that. So nice. where they fell in the rankings is where we th- felt like they deserved to be. Almost, That's almost another list is what your, your kind of stance would be. Yeah, to an extent, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to go on to the last question here. This, uh, this, this one uh, I love, of course, because we're talking hardwood heaven and uh, basketball utopias as part of what, 199 is is doing to tie into all of this and the question for you to start out would be which one of these teams would you want to be a part of or on for their run to the championship or if they fall short even which team would you want to be a part of 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go off the script because this team was not ranked. They made oh. a they made a Cinderella run to the tourney. Uh, but if I'm going to Hardwood Heaven and I'm a part of any team, I want to be a part of the 1983 NC State Wolfpack team wow, because I okay. want to be around Jim Valvano. Okay, I love I love I love that. Such a character. Definitely. I'll throw it back to you. What, what what's yours? Who do you pick? <laughs> I'm I'm going chalk on this. I'm going with 76 IU, or actually, I might go I might go with Isaiah. Uh, I could go with that. E- either of those IU teams. I wanna I wanna see what night was really like. Uh, uh, you know, day to day, and just to just to be a part of the last undefeated team. You know, all that's wrapped up in that would be so would be so cool. Um, you know, coming off the, I'd love to have been on the team the year before too and fallen short. So you get that kind of extension into the next year, the redemption part of it. So that, that, that's my uh, basketball utopia. You're, you're, you're going, you're going with the general, you're going through a year's worth of practices with the general and I'm going <laughs> to go hang out with, with Jimmy. I'm definitely, definitely going to regret it by mid, mid season after the season. <laughs> I'm great. But mid season, I just watched the, that last chance you and all those guys are like, man, I just want out of here. Cause that, t- that coach is so tough. And I can imagine so many of those guys, at the end of that, uh, that night season would be like, Oh man, I'm ready for a summer break. But if it ends in a championship with an undefeated season, I mean, you just get to be a part of something for forever. I mean, we're still talking about it now, and I just think that would be such a unique opportunity uh, to be able to tell the those stories from a from a first person point of view. Absolutely, absolutely. Last unbeaten, at least for another couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. I picked the Zags at the beginning of the season, hoping that they would lose one game, but I think it's going to happen, man. You better look out. Yep. Before we uh, before we get off, I want to I want to um, talk about two omissions okay. that 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 um, I had. So the one is is Patrick Ewing on the cover. Mm. Uh, yeah, what happened? Back, there? I wish we would have found we would have found space for for Pat Ewing on the cover because he was just a, a dominant force and Georgetown had a hell of a run. If we weren't going to get John Thompson or coaches on there, uh, we probably should have Pat Ewing in there somewhere. Uh, and then number two is 2009 UNC. I would have had them uh, somewhere somewhere towards the end, 45 to 50. They were better mm-hmm. than uh, a few of those teams that we put on there. And I know that we've gotten called out on that one before. And that's just who do you a, like? Who did you like uh, on that team? They weren't. They they didn't make it, man. They just didn't make it. And I don't know why they didn't make it, um, other than some other teams got slotted in there. But at the bare minimum, they, they should have been in the last 14, you know, in to round out the bracket too. And that was just an omission by me. So I apologize, UNC fans, but you've got plenty of teams on the list. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, they'll, they'll cry all the way to their whatever, 19 Final Fours or whatever they got. <laughs> National Championships. <laughs> they got a lot. They'll, they be, they'll, a lot. Be, they'll be all right, I'm pretty sure. All right, man, you got anything else? That's it, man. I'm gonna get Hardwood Heaven, go check it out. Get us out of here. Thank you for listening to the 19.9 podcast. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, make sure you do. And while you're there, leave us a rating and review. Five stars like the basketball camp. We also have links to all of 19.9 social media so you never miss a release. Until next time.